Welcome to Zazlo Show 2.0, presented from day one by Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys. You're dealing with any kind of accident, any personal injury, slip and fall, motorcycle, car accident, bike. Anna Jar and Levine Accident Attorneys, 800 747 free. That's 800 747 3733. Title sponsors from day number one. No, before day number one of Zaslow Show 2.0. My guys, Mark Anajar, Glenn Levine, Ellie Anajar, they believe in me. If you're listening to the show right now and you're dealing with any kind of personal injury, I'm sending you to my friends, Anajar and Levine, accident attorneys. You don't have to deal with the insurance companies. You don't have to deal with the medical bills. You need to focus on getting right. That's where they come in. They handle all the stuff that you don't want to be bothered with. You need to make sure you're getting healthy, and they're going to make sure you're getting the money that you deserve. Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-FREE. That's 800-747-3733. Proud title sponsors of Zaslow Show 2.0. If you're a homeowner, you need to make sure you have the proper coverage. And that's why I'm sending you to Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance and Financial Services because we know that if there's, God forbid, an issue with our home, we need to know that we're covered properly. From Pensacola to the Keys and beyond, Brunt Insurance and Financial Services delivers comprehensive insurance and financial solutions tailored to your needs. Since 2013, Brunt Insurance specializes in home and auto insurance. Bruntinsurance.com. You could also check them out on social media at Brunt Insurance. Look, the market's confusing. Let Brunt Insurance sort it all out for you with their fully licensed staff and they know the area. The Zaslow family uses Brunt Insurance to make sure that they're covered, and that's why I'm sending you to them as well. Bruntinsurance.com, 954-589-2204. Welcome aboard. This is Zaslow Show 2.0. Welcome, Zaslow Show 2.0. It is a Wednesday, the 20th of September. Good to have you aboard. We are part of the Believe Podcast Network and presented as always by Anna Jar and Levine, Accident Attorneys, 800-747-3, 800-747-3733. If you've been involved in any kind of an accident, slip and fall, hit and run, Maybe there's a malpractice situation, car accident, whatever it is. You're dealing with a personal injury. You call Anna Jar and Levine, accident attorneys, 800-747-3, 800-747-3733. They treat you like family, just like they did me the very first day before the very first day that we went on air here for Zaslow Show 2.0. Anna Jar and Levine, accident attorneys, I only send you to the best. 800 747 Glad to have you here with us. We're right smack in the middle of the week. We got a lot happening here. Continue on with marching toward week three. Home opener for the Dolphins. Dolphins and Broncos. 
I'm hoping to, excuse me, hoping to have some fun news as far as Sunday goes. Maybe I will do some type of meetup or something. I'll let you know more about that probably on tomorrow's show. We'll be able to get to a little bit of that. So like I said, I'm hoping there may be a meetup type situation where I'm going to be able to be there at the game on Sunday. And, and I'll let you know more about that coming up. Now, speaking of football, everybody knows, hey, football's back. And that means our newest sponsor here on the show, Bet Online. Bet Online, your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, totals from the NFL and college football. It's at your fingertips with Bet Online's real time updates and statistics, news, and odds. I mean, what better way to make smart bets, to make the winning plays, and to be able to know what's going on than with the Bet Online app? From week one in college football, NFL, all the way to the college football playoff and through the Super Bowl. Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the Bet Online website today or use your mobile device. Get in on the action. Remember, use promo code BELIEVE, that's B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, a lot still to talk about. As far as the fallout from from Monday Night Football, Nick Chubb, who we we don't even know. Like, we know it's super serious, but I feel like we haven't been told yet what the actual severity is, which I feel like is a terrible sign. But there's fallout, there's back and forth between the Browns fans, the Steelers fans. Was it dirty? Was it not dirty? I think it was a dirty hit. That doesn't make Mika Fitzpatrick a dirty player. Like I said, like I used the comparison yesterday. I'm not an asshole, but sometimes I do asshole things. Doesn't make me an asshole. Mika Fitzpatrick may not be a dirty player, but I think he made a dirty play. I think it was a dirty hit. Former Pittsburgh Steeler, former FSU Seminole, Bryant McFadden, he's got the podcast with his cousin. We're going to get him on the show today. We're going to talk some football with him. That'll be a lot of fun. We got some more Damian Lillard stuff to get to. As it seems like there's a growing momentum with the Lillard stuff. We're a couple, we're less than two weeks away from training camps getting going. So that's obviously not a coincidence. Now, I do want to mention something. And I'm glad that this came up yesterday. Alright, so I got a message yesterday on... Or I got a, uh, uh, yeah, a message on, on the YouTube yesterday. Uh, I got a message yesterday because I upload not the whole show... I upload usually about half of the show. All the interviews, all the interview guest appearance spots that we do on Zaslow Show 2.0, I always upload to YouTube, to the YouTube page at Zaslow Show. And I upload about half, maybe a little less than half of the rest of the podcast where it's just me. I upload onto the at Zaslow Show YouTube page. And I got a message yesterday from Josh. Josh sent me a message yesterday. I literally didn't hear any Miami Heat talk despite the title of the video being named Are We Close to a Lillard Deal? Not sure if this was a mistake, but I was annoyed with the lack of Miami Heat talk. Okay, this is a fair thing to, 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 to comment, and I'm glad that Josh did this. And yes, the title yesterday of the show of the show is Are We Close to a Lillard Deal? 
part one. And so I, I put the part one because I feel like that's self-explanatory, which means, yeah, that's not the whole show. And the point is, I do a podcast. Zaslow Show 2.0 is a podcast. I don't do a YouTube show. I do a podcast. Now, for your benefit, if you want, you know, something different, you want to be able to watch some of this show, you want to be able to see me, where for years I was doing shows for 18 years on terrestrial radio on 790 The Ticket, you, you can never see me. So if you want that, and especially for the guest interviews, that's fun to be able to see the interaction with the guests on video. I do a podcast. I don't do a YouTube show. But for your benefit, because maybe you enjoy that, I put at least half of the show on the YouTube page. And I specifically put part one so that you know, oh, there must be a part two somewhere. And like I put in the show description, you can catch the entire show wherever you get your podcasts. So the title of the video that I put on the YouTube channel each day is the title of that episode, that, that day's podcast episode, which yesterday was, Are We Close to a Lillard Deal? So... I'm sorry that you felt, like, deceived, Josh, but that's the name of today's episode. That part was not included, and, and it's, that's just by coincidence. That wasn't on purpose, but the Lillard part, the Lillard discussion, was not in that part of the video that was uploaded to YouTube. I want you to listen to the podcast. The YouTube is extra. So, if there's something that you feel was not included in the YouTube portion that you feel may have been included in the entire show, it's likely in that episode, that podcast episode, that episode, you know, that day's episode, which is the podcast. So the whole idea is, and that's why, like, I'm with Believe, you know, the Believe Podcast Network. That's the bread and butter, all right, for Zaslow Show 2.0. I want you guys listening to the podcast. If you want to also watch some of the YouTube, God bless. That's awesome, too. But... The entire show, every day, is the podcast, and that's Saslow Show 2.0, wherever you get your podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. So I'm really glad you brought that up yesterday. You gave me a chance to, to write back on the comments section and also a chance to explain it here today. So that's a good thing. Now, what's not a good thing, I was at the Marlins game last night. That actually, that actually was a good thing. Let me mention that real quick. What was a good thing was I was at the Marlins game last night. Here's where we stand with the Marlins. Ten games remaining. They're going to try and win the series tonight against the Mets. They won last night 4-3 after, uh, again, another blown save in the ninth inning. This time it was Tanner Scott who gave it up a couple doubles and a single. Boom, there you go. Game is tied at three after the, the middle of the ninth. And the Marlins won it with a Jake Berger bloop single up the middle. And the Marlins win it 4-3. A game that they had to have. You had a great performance on the mound from Braxton Garrett. Sloppy game. You had uh, at least one error by the Mets. You had two errors by the Marlins. A bad news Bears type of error for the Mets, which results in the Marlins, I think, their second run of the game, where the pitcher threw it to third base to get the force out, and there was no one there. It really, it was bad news Bears. But anyway, Marlins win yesterday. I was at the game. I was kind of, well, I shouldn't be surprised. Like, I was going to say, I'm surprised at what a small crowd it was yesterday. But, like, why would you ever say that about a Marlins game that you're surprised at what a small crowd it is? I could say that I'm surprised because, you know, the official attendance was just under 11,000. Bad. Bad for two reasons. Number one, you would have thought there would have been more Mets fans there. 
It's the Mets. You usually get a big crowd for the Mets. But the Mets suck, and there's only 10 games remaining now after last night. So the Mets fan really wasn't there. But it's kind of shitty where, yeah, you got the Marlins, who are now a half game back of the final wild card spot. And you had under 11,000 people there last night. So I was a little bit surprised at the lack of crowd. Me and my son Jordan, we went last night. And great time. I... I love going to Marlins games. It's just far. It's the timing of it. I love the early 640 start time. But because of the 640 start time, coming from where I come from here in Cooper City out west, I'm, I'm heading down there in, in rush hour, like the end of rush hour. I'm heading down there like quarter to six. And so I ended up getting there. I left at quarter to six. I got there middle of the first inning. So it took me an hour to get there. A long drive. So anyway. We went last night really fun because the Marlins won last night. They still find themselves a half game back of the third and final wildcard spot, but they're a half game back of Chicago now for the third and final wildcard spot. They're one game back of the second wildcard spot, which is Arizona. So with 10 games remaining, the Marlins are a half game back and one game back of two playoff spots. This could be a really fun final 10 games. You got to get it. Like, you got to get into it now. Only 10 games remaining. And here's what you got. So the Marlins are going to try and win the series tonight against the Mets. Then you get a day off. Then their final three home games this weekend against Milwaukee. Milwaukee leads the Central. Very tough. And could be a first-round opponent. A wild-card opponent for the Marlins. And then the Marlins have another day off. And they finish the year three at the Mets, three at the Pirates. So tonight's huge because if you could win this series against the Mets, the Brewers series is going to be tough, but then you got your final six games against bad teams. One, two, three, Cancun for those teams. Mets and Pirates. Now, I say it could be a potential first-round matchup with Milwaukee. So what does that mean? Well, what it means is, so Milwaukee right now leads the NL Central. Here's what's going to happen because the Marlins are not going to, they're not going to be able to, they're they're three and a half back of Philadelphia, (coughs) excuse me, for the top wildcard spot which would give you home field advantage. The second and third wildcard teams don't get any home games. All three games are at one stadium, and it's the higher seed. So the first wildcard team, (coughs) excuse me, they're going to play the second wildcard team, while the third wildcard team plays their series at the NL Central winner. Sorry, I take a sip of my vitamin water. So, let me say it again. The first wildcard team is going to host the second wildcard team, best of three. The NL Central winner, who's going to finish the number three overall spot. Jesus. Terrible cough. The Central winner is going to host the third wildcard team. So, you look at it. Would you rather wind up facing the Phillies? Or would you rather wind up facing the Brewers? I think you'd probably wind up rather play the Brewers. Which would mean you finish third as far as the wild card goes. Second wild card team is going to play the Phillies most likely. But the important thing to note is if the Marlins make the playoffs... I've never been to a Marlin playoff game. I've never been to a baseball playoff game. It's likely not coming this year because 
the second and third wildcard teams don't get home games. So that's important to keep in mind. But anyway, this is the spot we're in right now as far as the baseball goes. (laughs) Ten more games. It's going to be a furious finish here. Half game back of the third spot. One game back of the second spot. And there you go. So huge game tonight for the Marlins. I believe Yuri Perez is on the hill tonight for the fish. All right. Before I, I give that, so that, that's the good story of going to games. I'm going to give you a bad story about going to games in a second here. First, I want to tell you guys, though, about Brunt Insurance. If you're a Zaslow Show 2.0 listener, I want to make sure that you get the best insurance out there possible. Whether you're talking about your car insurance, your boat insurance, life insurance, I've been getting my homeowner's insurance through Brunt Insurance for 10 years now. You call Brunt Insurance at 954-589-2204 or go to bruntinsurance.com. And it doesn't matter where you're calling from in the entire state because Brunt Insurance has offices all throughout the state of Florida. So you could be calling from all the way up in Pensacola, all the way down in the Keys. Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance, they have you covered. They know whatever area you're calling from. So when you call 954-589-2204, you know you're making the right call. The team at Brunt Insurance has the expertise and the experience to find the perfect coverage for you and the most affordable rate out there. I can tell you firsthand, I've been with Brunt Insurance for 10 years now. If you're not a single-family homeowner, that's okay. Their insurance policies also cover trailers. They cover motorhomes. There are so many options out. They need renter's insurance, condo insurance. Greg Brunt and his team at Brunt Insurance specialize in making all the confusing options out there crystal clear. That's right. Their fully licensed staff at Brunt Insurance helps you every step of the way. 954-589-2204 or go to bruntinsurance.com. All right, so... Like I said, we got a good story, and we have a not good story about going to games. My good story was last night going to the Marlins game with my son. We had a very nice time. Bad story is, and I didn't know if this was real or not, but it turns out that it is definitely real. And and I say I didn't know if it was real because it wasn't really getting a ton of attention, and it seems like something that would get attention, and, and, and now it is. So... My son told me late Sunday night, after the Dolphin game ended, I think it was Sunday night or maybe it was Monday, and he said to me, a fan died at the Patriot-Dolphin game. There was a medical emergency and a fan died, and I was like, oh, damn, it sucks. You know, like, it's happened before and and it, it sucks, and yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. But I didn't know, or we didn't know, that there was a fight apparently. So here's what happened. And I'm reading this from ESPN News Services. A person attending Sunday night's Dolphins-Patriots game at Gillette Stadium said the man who died after what officials called an incident there was punched in the head two times. In an interview with several local media outlets, Joey Kilmartin said he saw Dale Mooney, a 53-year-old from Newmarket, New Hampshire, confront a rival Dolphins fan whom he'd been arguing with during most of the game. Arguing during most of the game. I mean, what? It's such an unpleasant experience. Like, I don't. I know a lot of people like going to sporting events and especially football games, and they enjoy like the back and forth banter. Like when I went to the Dol- was the Heat Knicks game. Heat Knicks game two. I think I was at game one or game two, and 
The Heat won, of course, took that ass. And throughout the game, fans, uh, Heat fans sitting in the row right in front of me, and Nick fans sitting in the row right next to me, they were arguing back and forth throughout the game. But it was it was lighthearted trash talk. It, you could tell. No animosity. Like, part of, oh, I like this. I like trash talk. You know, it, totally lighthearted. But for me, like, I'm, I'm there. I'm like, I don't want to talk to Nick fans during the game. I don't want to talk in any way, shape, or form to fans of the other team. Especially if I actually hate that team. If that team is a rival. And especially if it's in a setting where the game is really important, like a playoff game. There was one time, I'll never forget this, and like I said, I don't think I'm an asshole, but I could totally be an asshole sometimes. And I remember it was in college, and the Dolphins were playing the Bills. Now you gotta remember, so we're going back 20 years ago, and this was, this was like on the tail end of the Dolphins being good. good. This is like right before they started to get shitty. So they had Ricky Williams at this time, which was the end of them always being good and the beginning of them being shitty, you know? So Dolphin games were still really important every Sunday, and they were playing the Bills. And me and my friends up in University of Florida, all Dolphins fans, all huge Dolphin fans. And there was this one kid who I already didn't like. He didn't live in our building. I don't know where the fuck he came from. Like, he was friends with one of the roommates. I don't know. But we're, we're in the apartment, and he's in the apartment. He's watching the game. Like I said, I already didn't like him. Dolphins are playing the Bills. He's wearing a fucking Bills hat. All right? So we know he's... I think we knew he was a Bills fan anyway. He's wearing a Bills hat. He's in the... It's Dolphins Bills. So I'm already agitated, A, that he's here, because I don't like him. And, and B, he's wearing the Bills hat. It's Dolphins Bills... And then he made, like, like, I think he cheered at some point for a positive play for the Bills. And that just set me over the top. And I told him, I go, you gotta get the fuck out of here. You, you cannot watch the game with us. You gotta fucking leave. So, the, and now again, I was probably being a dick. But the point is, I don't watch games with fans of the other team. I don't want to have any kind of interaction with fans from the other team. And especially, I've seen the Dolphins play on the road One time. It was in Jacksonville. We were at the University of Florida. Me and three of my friends, the four of us, we went over to the game. It was a lot of fun. I was expecting... Dolphins won 24-10. Sam Madison, late pick six, sealed the game. I I, I thought it was going to be, like, some kind of animosity. But those fans are in Jacksonville. So soft. No animosity whatsoever. But But you go to a game as the opposing fan, I just... I don't understand why you want to go af- get after it with the other fans. Why you want to have a back and forth. I don't even want to be watching the game around people who I don't trust. People who are not at the same rooting interest as myself. That's just me, I guess. So anyway, I continue. it seems like such an unpleasant experience to the point where you're, you're arguing back and forth. And clearly this is an, a situation with animosity. You're arguing back and forth. At the game for most of the game. That, how is that enjoyable? Anyway. I continue on. And here is the, the, the fan who witnessed things. Is saying He, Mooney, the guy who died. Went over to section 311. So here. He's going over to another section. Which. What are you expecting to happen there? It's going to be a fight. Like what are you doing? Anyway. He went over to section 311. And he basically engaged in mutual combat. 
with the other fan, Kilmartin told the Boston Globe. A lot of people started to try pull them apart. It looked like somebody was in the middle of them. And then a man in the Dolphins jersey reached over and he connected with two punches to the victim's head. It wasn't something crazy or out of the ordinary until 30 seconds later, the guy wasn't getting up. Which that right there, by the way, the fact that it's described as nothing crazy or out of the ordinary, it's like, it's so commonplace now, especially in the upper levels. It's so commonplace now for fights and football games. It's gross. Kill Martin shot video of what he said happened at the Foxborough, Massachusetts Stadium, and I've seen video of it. You can't really tell what's happening other than it being a big scuffle. Police and personnel responded to the facility's upper deck shortly before 11 p.m. and found Mooney, quote, in apparent need of medical attention. The Norfolk County District Attorney's Office said Monday in a news release, Mooney was taken to a hospital where he was pronounced dead, according to, his, according to the release. The results of an autopsy are expected this week. Massachusetts State Police are investigating what transpired. And then you got comments from the wife. Uh, Gillette Stadium officials said in a statement they're heartbroken to learn about the death of Mooney, whom they described as a lifelong Patriots fan and a 30-year season ticket holder. So, the, the situation is very real. This guy died. He apparently got punched in the head a couple times. Was, was the punch in the head that caused some type of, like, brain hemorrhage or something? Did he fall and crack his head open on the ground? I don't know. But they're going to find this guy, and he's going to be charged with manslaughter, and he's likely going to spend the rest of his life in prison over fucking what? Over a stupid football game. Over fans yelling at each other. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. And you go... See, I really debated when... When I was a new father, I really debated if I was ever going to take my kids to a football game. And my initial thoughts were, it's not a place for kids. I'm not taking them to Dolphin games. I'm especially not taking them to Hurricane games. Hurricane games are so much worse when it comes to that kind of stuff than Dolphin games. I've never actually been around a bad, well, with my kids before. When I was younger, I've been around plenty of bad incidents at Dolphin Games. I've never had a bad experience as a father with my kids at Dolphin Games. Hurricane Games, though, are the worst with that because the Hurricane fam has no respect for the university. You know, fights don't happen at... I, I feel like it's less likely for fights to happen at these major schools because the fans there, they're also usually alum and... They care about the school, and they're respectful of the school and the school's reputation. The Hurricanes fan does Hurricanes football fan is a Hurricanes football fan. They're not a University of Miami fan, so they don't care about the school. They didn't go to the school. They don't care about the university's reputation. They treat the football team like a professional team, and if that means getting into fights sometimes, it means getting into fights sometimes. The Hurricane football fan is very poorly behaved, but anyway. I actually debated, I don't, I don't think I'm going to take my kids to football games. And then my older son, Corey, he got to an age around like six or something, six or seven. And I was like, you know what? I think, you know what we'll do? We'll, we'll sit club level. We'll sit in the club level seats and we'll see how it goes. And so that's what I do. I, I like, I never... And we never sit all the way up in the upper level. When we sit in the upper level, we sit in the front row. So we're never going to run into any problems there. What, like, what's going to happen? But we've never had anything but good experiences at Dolphin Games. And Hurricane Games too, for that matter. Despite what I just said. 
So, we go to games. I'm very careful. I, I'm always looking around. I'm monitoring the situation because I'm with my kids, you know. But there was a time where I'm not sure football games are the atmosphere for my kids to be at. I ended up getting over that, and instead I'm just very vigilant when I'm at the games, and I make sure that everyone is safe, and I know what's going on all around me. But, I don't know, man. We, we live in a violent country. We live in a violent world. And at sporting events, and I think things have gotten a little worse after COVID, where people just kind of forgot how to behave. But we live in a really violent place. Where at these football games, you very rarely get fights at basketball games, never at hockey games, never at baseball games. But football games, some of these dudes who go to games, they they feel like it is their right to get pissed drunk, behave very poorly. If someone objects to their poor behavior, it's a fight. If you bump into somebody, it's a fight. And if somebody is wearing the jersey of the team that you don't like, it's also a fight. It's fucking gross. That's what it boils down to. Is some of these people who go to football games, they're fucking animals. And one of these animals killed another person. And who gives a shit it's a Dolphin fan? Like, you know, I hear the Boston fans, the Patriots, oh, Dolphin fans... It's fucking nothing to do with Dolphin fans. For all we know, he's a Bostonian who likes the Dolphins. Has nothing to do with Dolphin fans. Dolphin fans aren't going to be sticking up for this guy who killed this other man. Nobody's sticking up for him. Who cares what shirt he was wearing? He's a piece of shit who's likely going to go to prison for the rest of his life. But there are so many people like that out there who are just looking to fight at sporting events. I don't get it, man. We, We live in a violent, fucked up country. And... People love fighting at football games. They love it. It's awful. So joining us here, Florida State Seminole great, Pittsburgh Steeler great, two-time Super Bowl champion, the All Things Covered podcast, CBS Sports, CBS Sports HQ. We always love when Brian McFadden joins us here. Brian, thanks a lot for hanging out with us, man. And uh, I, I spoke to you probably last time a little more than a year ago, and I asked you if FSU was headed in the right direction, and you felt that they were. And I would say, I mean, right about now, you must be feeling so great about your Seminoles. Yeah, I feel real good about Florida State football-wise because we have talent. Uh, we have good coaches on both sides of the football, and we have some some kids that really love the game of football. And um, that's important when you try to win ball games, when you try to – get in a, a championship conversation that's extremely important, especially in college football. And I'm just, I'm enjoying the ride right now. We got a, a huge game this weekend uh, going to Clemson, a team we haven't beat in quite some time. So for us to get to where we're trying to go, we got to take care of our business this upcoming Saturday. It feels like this is the game, right? Where, okay, I understand Clemson is not ranked right now. They were, of course, I think ranked 10 at the start of the season. But this kind of feels like, all right, even if Clemson may be down, you got to go there and kind of beat the shit out of them and let everybody know, hey, we're back. We're going to win the ACC this year. Yeah, we just got to win. That's the most important thing, win. Now, if you can do so in a dominant fashion, of course, that's extra, 
right? But there's no such thing as style points in the game of football because if you blow a team out by 40 or 50, if you beat them by three or four points, it only counts as one win. Now, granted, you want to take care of your business, but if you win the games you're supposed to win, which is every game on your schedule, when it's all said and done, you you will be able to go where you need to go, which is the playoffs, finding a way to get into, into the playoffs. And for us being in the ACC and knowing there's there's no division in size anymore, yeah. the top two teams in the division will compete for a championship. We know how important this game is. Then when you factor, when you factor in the historical aspect to this game in this series over the last few years, Dabo Sweeney and the Clemson Tigers have dominated Florida State. So those are two important hurdles we need to get over to try to continue our quest for a playoff opportunity. Now, the Canes certainly are not on the level right now that FSU appears to be. I mean, FSU really looks like they could be the best team in the country, despite uh, a very tight win last week against BC. But the Canes look like they're heading in the right direction as well. I'm obviously, I went to UF. I'm a Canes fan because I grew up down here. It's awesome when FSU is really great like this because I grew up in the 90s where every year, Miami and FSU play, and the winner's competing for a national title, and the loser's season gets ruined because of that game. So it's awesome when both teams are good. First and foremost, let me ask you a question. How are you a Canes fan and you go to Gainesville? Okay, this is a great question, Brian. I'm glad you asked that. Well, first of all, Miami, as you know, that's a private school. Private, We can't all afford to go to private schools, all right? So I go to the University of Florida. That's a good school. And I can't just drop my Canes fandom. I was a fan for 18 years, you know, for the first 18 years of my life. So, yes, I obviously want my school to do well, University of Florida. But also, I do a show here in Miami. So what's best for business is yep. for the Hurricanes to be really good. Does that answer the question well? Okay, it makes sense. I just, I just, you know, I just wanted to know. I was curious. I was curious. Uh, but in regards to your question about Miami, yeah, Miami, I think they're a better team this year. We don't know exactly how good yeah. because I understand they took care of business easily against A&M, but I don't think A&M is a pretty good team. Yeah. I think best case scenario in the SEC West Best case scenario, they're probably the fourth best team in the West, right? They have a lot of issues. So Miami took care of their business easily against A&M. Everyone else they played against, you know, Bethune-Cookman. Miami of Ohio. uh, Miami, Ohio. This week, uh, uh, Temple. Temple. You know, they haven't really been tested. But Van Dyke is playing better football, which is a plus. You know, skill-wise, they've always had talent. In the trenches, it seems to be a more a, a much improved group. So that's something to hang your hat on. And they will get tested, you know, as the season goes along. But so far, they took care of the business against the teams that have been scheduled for them. And that's what you want to do. What do you make of the portal free agency, essentially, in college football? Kids can move around. I love that the kids don't have to sit out a year when they transfer. I hated that rule. But now it's, I mean, it really is like free agency. So what do you make of it? There's pros and cons to the transfer uh, portal. It's okay. I'm okay with a kid transferring because the coaching staff left, the coach that recruited him left, that personal relationship that made him comfortable and saying, I'm coming to your university, that relationship is no longer there. I'm okay with that. But if a kid is is just transferring because he can't crack the lineup, 
You should have you should have did your due uh, did your due diligence before signing to see what the depth chart is looking like. So no, so you know what you're walking into, and the likelihood of you cracking that lineup is what when you do your due diligence. If you just hey they're not playing me, I'm not starting. Well, you should figure that out before you actually sign. You know what I mean? And yeah. you just well, now you want to transfer because you don't want to work or compete. That's not teaching accountability. That's not teaching fighting through adversity so there there's a that that's a con for me you know what i mean that's why i, I kind of scratch my head sometimes when i hear some of these kids transferring from this school from that school from this school from that school you know what i mean you got to understand what you're signing up for when you sign that letter of intent you got to do your due diligence look at the roster look at who they're who else they're considering at your same position you know what i mean so that that that's the issue that i have with the transfer portal are you enjoying what uh dion is doing at colorado Oh, no question. Um, I think it's great for college football. Uh, it's great for Colorado in totality. And the storyline is changing in the Pac-12. You know, before the season started, we felt like it was only between USC and Oregon, best case scenario. You can sprinkle in Utah because, you know, Utah is always in that conversation, a competitive team. Michael Penix Jr. may give the Huskies an opportunity, and clearly he's given them an opportunity. But now you got to sprinkle in Colorado into that conversation as well so I, it's, it's great in regards to how the narrative has changed in the Pac-12 and in college football in totality it makes college football even more exciting to watch I don't know the last time I actually watched Colorado play yeah. at 11 8, 11 p.m 10 30 p.m kickoff and watch the entire game but I did so last week yeah. against Colorado State as most of us also uh, uh took part in and that was an entertaining game Awesome. I enjoyed every minute minute of it. I mean, two rivals that don't like each other. And I understand we saw a lot of flags, a lot of mixed emotions that took place in that ball game. But you know how that's how it is with rivalries. You know what I mean? That's how it's supposed to be in college football. That's why college football is such a unique game. You know what I mean? So I'm enjoying I'm enjoying every moment. Brian, was it weird where Dion made a point of saying that he doesn't consider himself an FSU guy, that he's an HBCU guy? Like was that did that turn some heads for FSU grads? You know, guys for like me, yourself. It was it was weird. I logically speaking, he graduated from an HBCU. Yeah, that's that's the fact. Yeah, right. He played. He made his name. He established relationships at Florida State. Yeah. Now, if you didn't want to mention Florida State University in that presser out of respect for the team you're coaching, I'm okay with that. That's fair, right? You're coaching Colorado, so why are you talking about another university that you have no ties to, that you you shouldn't want to bring attention to? But I think if that was the mindset for Prime, and I'm just giving my assumption, make it known. Listen, I'm here at Colorado. FSU is FSU. Let's talk about Colorado. Yeah. Instead of saying... And he didn't even mention Florida State. He's like, why are you calling me that? You know what I mean? That was the the kind of underlying, underlining, confusing part. Like, okay, wait a minute. Every all the, the the coaching that you received at Florida State is basically the same things you're exercising to your players under the great Bobby Bowden, under Mickey Andrews. Hey, he he tell his DBs if they get beat in practice, they got a bell crawl. You know who started doing that? Mickey Andrews. <laughs> Mickey Andrews told Prime that, Terrell Buckley that, Leroy Butler told me that. Listen, if you get beat in one-on-one drills, 
or wherever you get beat at in 11-11 drills, wherever they catch the ball, you bear crawl from that point back to the line of scrimmage and get up there and get in another rep. Those are things that Coach Andrews, legendary coach, expressed and, and, and utilized with Prime and his teammates that he's probably he's doing out in Colorado. So that was the issue that I had. I think it could have been handled differently. Like I said, if you, you shouldn't want to bring attention to a university that you have no ties to. That is a competitor in regards yeah. to recruiting and things like that. But the way he, oh, don't call me that. You know where I went. No, you 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 graduated from HBC uh, HBCU, but you 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 became prime time where Tallahassee. Yeah, yeah, Tallahassee. Yeah, no, it's a good way of putting it. I'll get right back to the conversation here in a second. But if you're in the market for a new car, maybe you can't decide where to go. Hey, that's not a problem. I'm sending you to the only car dealership. I personally endorse, yeah, we're talking North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, you're going to see the widest inventory of newest Subaru models on the market. Whatever you're looking for, maybe you're looking for something spacious, an SUV for the family, maybe you're just looking for a Subaru sedan for your daily commute. Whatever you're looking for, North Fort Lauderdale Subaru is sure to have the perfect model for you. At North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, we're talking the North Fort Lauderdale Subaru promise. That's guaranteed most money for your trade. Three-day exchange policy. You're out the door 90 minutes or less after you say yes. 100% credit approval. Lifetime vehicle warranty. You could shop right now. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru, conveniently located on North Andrews Avenue, just north of Cypress Creek Road. The building you know and the place to go. NFLSubaru.com. North Fort Lauderdale Subaru. Let's talk about... I need I need your expert... Uh, analysis of what took place on Monday night. I never played, I, I played basketball growing up, certainly never played professional anything, but I didn't even play football growing up. I played basketball growing up. I was not big enough for football, definitely not tough enough. But I'm watching the game on Monday night. And not only were you a DB, you, you were a DB for the Steelers, all right? And the big story is that awful injury with Nick Chubb. Very difficult to watch. Everything that I've known about Nick Chubb really seems like one of the good dudes in the NFL, too. So it especially sucks you see that kind of injury happen to a guy like him. And Minka Fitzpatrick, you you know, the knee, the knee bends the way it's not supposed to. Tell me from your perspective, again, you were a DB, similar size probably to a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick. When you saw that play, what were your thoughts? Was, Was Minka wrong the way that he dove? Is that a freak play when people are saying that it's a dirty hit? What's your response? It's not dirty. My response is, number one, it's not dirty because he is playing within the game. The whistle was not blowed. Even though Chubb was engaged with a defender, we're taught as defenders to play until the whistle is blowed. Never assume a guy is down until you know he is down. So for Mika, when you play full speed, and you have to react extremely fast, you don't have any time to second-guess your movement. You got to go. Because Nick Chubb is, he's an awesome running back. And the thing that makes Nick Chubb so good at what he does, he's powerful. Mm -hmm. He's strong. You don't usually see one man bring him down. You don't usually see that. And so for Mika, you see Chubb is engaged with a defender already, but you, you see he's still fighting. And we're taught as defenders, we can't tackle above the shoulder. We know that's what we know what's going to happen. 
right? So there's a thin line in where you should go, your target point. And some people are saying, well, why don't you target him in your chest? You have to think fast. It's not like I can slowly get up to the guy and determine where I want to hit him at. No, you got to react fast because he's a powerful guy. And if you don't react fast to the point of attack, he may run through your tackle. It's just an ugly situation to be in. But when you're in the heat of the battle, you have to react. It's not think. You don't think in regards in, in a play. Most of the thinking is done pre-snap alignment. When you see the formation, right? You see what they're in. Your film study kicks into play. Okay, I got trips over here. Usually backside, they love to run a slant, slant and go slug or whatever the case may be. That's when you're thinking. But when the game is in play, now you're reading and you're reacting. And he reacted to a play that looked extremely tough to see. You cringed when you saw it, but it wasn't a dirty play. So so the part that, that I have a hard time or was having a hard time reconciling, and that's why I need to ask someone who really knows like you do, I hear the day after where, okay, you can't go high on a guy like Nick Chubb because he's so powerful, you're not going to be able to bring him down like that. And so my thought process is, all right, because he's so powerful, the explanation to tackle him cannot be, all right, let's go head first into his knees. Like there's got to be some, an in, there's got to be an in-between there, doesn't there, Bryant? Well, it is, but the rules tell us to go low. Because if I go too high, there's a thin line between me being high and hitting him in the head. And every player, by the way, would probably tell you, I always want you to hit me in the head high as opposed to hit We've me low, right? We've heard offensive players verbalize that time and time again. Rather hit me high than low. But for us, we know what's going to happen when you hit a player high. Heck, when you get close to their head, they're throwing a flag. Right. And those 15-yard penalties can really put you in positions to lose ball games. Right? We saw that with Kareem Jackson. In two weeks, he's been he's been ejected. First game against the Raiders, last week against Washington. He went high. Right? But if he went low, guess what? He's not getting no an ejected. Yeah. He's not getting a penalty. But he's trying to protect the offensive players, but then he also understands with me doing that, I put myself in harm's way not finishing the game with my teammates, and I'm getting fined. So you get hit with a fine, get hit with a personal file penalty, and you get ejected out of the ball game. So, so and like it's, I said, it's really Zach, about trying to avoid it's, it's really about decision. trying to avoid penalties, is what you're saying. It's a split decision. Yeah. You got to react now. And you got to react as fast as I'm gone. Yeah. So for Kareem, he went high, ejected, and he's fine. Mika goes low, Chubb is injured, out for the year. And no penalty. And no penalty. Did you see a flag? No, no. But if he hit Chubb high anywhere around the head, what? Definitely. It happened with Jalen Waddle the other day. He's in concussion protocol right now as a penalty. And that happened in the back. Yeah. And me personally, I didn't think that warranted a flag. But that's the nature of the game and how referees, how they're taught to call the game. Just a shitty situation all around. Yeah, but if that same player hit Waddle below the, around the knees, it's not a flag. Right, and he could blow his knee out, but it's not a penalty. Yeah, so for Mika, man, it's a tough situation to be in, man, because you got to, you got to play to the maximum of your ability against a guy like Chubb. You got to go, you can't think, you got to go with all your might, and unfortunately... It's, 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 it, it was an ugly situation.
Yeah. I'll let you go on this. Uh, how good are the Dolphins? Dolphins are so good, Brian. Hey, hey, I don't know if you heard what I said. I think Tua can win the MVP if he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. I, I, I really believe that. Tua is probably one of the more hated quarterbacks in the National Football League. Why? And I don't, and I'm when I say the word hate, I'm not saying people dislike him or they hate him. They like being critical. They, yes, he is one of them. That's better. He's one of the more critical quarterbacks in the National Football League. Because when he does things good, when he does things the right way, you have something to say. And then when he has a slip up here or there, you're jumping on him. Think about this. If Tua was Justin Herbert, he would be glorified as the next great thing, great Mm -hmm. quarterback. What has Justin Herbert done that has been better than Tua? I mean, overall yards, maybe some stats. That's it. Stats, maybe, but in regards to winning. No, nothing. Right? It's in regards to close ball games. No, doesn't win them. He don't. No. Tua is a guy that can win ball games. He can give you numbers, and he does things the right way. But for some reason, he is super He's criticized more than he's deserving of being criticized. And he's so, and he's so likable, you know, I mean, Brian, I'm sure he's your pal, you know, Ryan Clark, when's the last time an analyst was critical of a player and granted Ryan was joking, but when's the last time an analyst was critical of a player, the player got upset about it and the analyst made a video apologizing. Uh, you know what I mean? Like two yeah, yeah. Like that, and then that, that just, that's how you know some people value a view to a and like you said, RC was joking and the yeah. joke kind of went the wrong way. People took it the wrong way. And he you know, he manned up and he apologized. Those two guys mended the situation and moved on. But in regards to just two, that that's just that people come at two, you know what I mean? And 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 people come at two not in a joking way, like RC was coming at two. And I just feel like, man, Tua stays healthy. That's it. If he stays healthy, I love the creativity within their offense. I love the way they utilize Tua. He stays healthy. He's going to do numbers. They're going to win ball games, and he should be in the MVP conversation. And I say, I tell you this: I'm not just an individual that say things just to say it. When I said I believe Tua could win the MVP, the next day, you know what I did? I went out and put money on Tua to win the MVP. Yeah, there you go. There so you what, go. what? If I say, if I say that, I believe it. I'm going to put money where my mouth is. If he stays healthy, Tua Tungavailoa could win the MVP. And the thing about this year's Zags, the usual suspects are not getting off to a yep. super hot start. Mahomes, Burrow. Yeah. Hurts. Yep. Lamar. Yeah, you're right. They, they, they haven't gotten off to a hot start. One thing we know about the MVP award, the month of September is very, very important. For whoever it is in that conversation, they get up to a hard start, hot start and they're winning ball games. They can ride that wave. One thing we know about Miami, considering health, they're going to win ball games. Defensively, they will get better. They get Jalen Ramsey back. Think about that. Yeah. They've been playing real good football without Jalen Ramsey. You know what I mean? Eventually, we're going to start seeing more of Jalen Waddle. And the thing about their offense, they can score splash plays at any given time. We saw Raheem Mostert take off a 40-plus yarder. We know Tyreek Hill can give you that same aspect, the same he said for Jalen Waddle. So, yeah, if he stays healthy, 
He won the MVP award, and I win because I put money on him, and I got <laughs> plus 900 odds. <laughs> yeah, there you go, man. Plus 900 odds. There you go. As a uh, as a DB, yep. Hill, Waddle, even Mostert, like, that's it, they're impossible, right? No question. Uh, and the thing that people don't talk about with Tyreek Hill that I love, he plays almost every rep. He is in the lineup. There are a few wide receivers that play the majority of the reps, snaps. Justin Jefferson is one. He's always in the lineup. Chase, Devontae, um, Tyreek, a few other ones, but just off the top of my head, when you know most wide receivers, they play a down, they come out. Mm-hmm. It's a run, they come out. You know what I mean? It's a, a critical situation, they come back in. They get rest. For us, defensive backs, we don't come out of the game. We're in. Only time we come out, we're dealing with an injury. But one thing I like about Tyreek, he's always in the lineup. And because of that, the opportunities will always be there for him to do big things, not to mention the skill set. He has become such a um, a much better route runner. You can tell he's been working on his craft. He's been working on his hands. You remember one time people used to say about Tyreek, well, he's not a good route runner. He's just a speed guy. You can't say that anymore. He has really improved his craft in regards to running routes. That's why he's the ultimate complete wide receiver. At this stage in his career, he is a complete, complete wide receiver. No debate at all. And how can you slow him down? And with Jalen Waddle, Tyreek is a great individual to learn from. Came in as a speed guy, evolved as a complete wide receiver. Learn from him, his study habits, his work habits, conditioning his body, keeping his body intact. You know what I mean? Tyreek really don't deal with injuries. Yeah. That's one thing that Jalen got to figure out. He, you know, little knickknacks here or there. Find out how you need to keep your body intact to be able to be durable for a long season. Because that's the only thing that can slow this offense down. This is That's the only thing that can slow the Dolphins down is injuries. Injuries. And I understand some things you can't prevent. Yep. But there are a lot of things that you could help in regards to not allowing little things to surface and, we, and, and taking care of your body. If they stay healthy, Zags, the Dolphins can do – they can do big things. They can have a special season. Stay healthy and stay focused week by week. Yeah, it's really fun, man. Home opener this weekend against Denver. Uh, excellent yep. job, Brian. All Things Covered is the podcast you do with your cousin. Tell everybody how they can catch you guys. Man, All Things Covered. Two South Florida guys, myself, Patrick Peterson – Catch us anywhere where podcasts are found, Spotify, Apple. We have a YouTube channel as well, All Things Covered slash YouTube if you want to see us. We talk all things. Of course, we recap, preview, Steeler matchups. We talk football around the league. We have big-time guests on as well. Please tell a friend to tell a friend. Hit the like and subscribe button. Hey, we might send you some gear. Zags, I gotta I gotta send you some gear. Too, yeah, I, I like that. Man. I like that hood right there. I mean, I don't know if I fill out the sleeveless the way you do, but I like that hood right there. We, we can make it work. We can make it work. Great job, Brian. Appreciate you hanging out with us again today. Thank you, man. Anytime and go nose. Sorry, Canes fans. <laughs> go nose. Excellent job by Brian McFadden. And of course, all guests on Zazlo Show 2.0. You know, we're brought to us by Johnny Cuba, European Roots. With a Caribbean soul, a refreshing German lager in a can. You can purchase your own six-pack of Johnny Cuba, your local Sedanos, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, Fresco y Mas. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, anytime I'm watching a game tonight, 
We got into Miami tonight. You know I'm going to have a Johnny in my hand. That's right. You could pick up a Johnny Cuba yourself. And then I love when you guys send me a picture or a short video. You guys are trying a Johnny Cuba for the very first time. Like, Zazzle, I didn't know it was so delicious. And I'm like, yeah, I've been telling you forever. And now Johnny Cuba, not only is it the official beer of Zazzle Show 2.0, but it now has become your favorite beer as well. Remember, always drink responsibly. And of course, don't forget Johnny Cuba's mantra, stay tranquilo. Guys, I've been getting great sleep for the last few months. Why have I been getting such great sleep? Well, I told you guys, ever since Sheets and Giggles came on board Zaslo Show 2.0, now I get the most comfortable sleep I've ever had because I sleep on the softest, coolest, most breathable sheets that are out there. And now the Zaslo family, we are four, all four of us, we are four of over 100,000 Americans who sleep on Sheets and Giggles and are never turning back. We always know, hey, SheetsGiggles.com, that's the only place we shop now for our bed sheets. That's one less thing we got to worry about. Go to SheetsGiggles.com, and you can use promo code Zazlo Upon checkout, you'll get 20% off your first order. That's right, SheetsGiggles.com, the softest sheets. I sleep on a eucalyptus pillow. You know, a koala sleeps up to 18 hours on a eucalyptus tree. Do you understand how comfortable a eucalyptus pillow is? Have you ever slept on a eucalyptus mattress? That's right. Go to SheetsGiggles.com. The best sleep of your life. It's one click away. SheetsGiggles.com. Guys, let's get to big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Always brought to us by Water Cleanup of Florida. Water Cleanup of Florida. If you're dealing with water mold or fire damage in your home, in your business, is that a big deal? Maybe it's not a big deal. Call or text Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635, or go to WCUFL.com. When an unexpected damage occurs in your home or your business, you need specialized, fast, and reliable services. That's where Water Cleanup of Florida comes in. They know the impact and stress that an unexpected disaster is going to cause, and they're going to make the cleanup and insurance claim process painless and hassle-free. Water cleanup of Florida. Let them tell you if it's a big deal or not a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. So on the Low Post podcast hosted by Zach Lowe, Kevin Pelton, he does basketball for ESPN. And he tells you here, he he thinks the Miami offer for Damian Lillard is potentially a pretty good offer. The Miami trade is better, I think, than it has been characterized as. And part of the reason is, you know, everyone says, well, Miami always finds a way when they trade away these future picks, they end up being, you know, in the middle or late first round at best. But if you've got as much money as they would have committed to Damian Lillard and Jimmy Butler at their ages, you know, I think that those picks on the out years could potentially be very valuable. And also at some point you have to consider Pat Riley's age, like how much longer is he going to be around to be pulling rabbits out of his hat with this organization uh, when they seem backed into a corner? So, First of all, Pat Riley would never cover his beautiful hair with a hat. <laughs> Second of all, um, I co-sign everything you just said and have been driving that bus for four months. So, or three months or however many months it's been since this all started. Yeah, I think it's a big deal because you got all the people out there, you know, the, the, the chatter about Damian Lillard has picked up over the last, like, 72 hours, and you get the dopes out there who I've missed. I mean, you've been gone for, like, a month or so, but now the dopes are back all over the place telling you how Miami has a shit offer 
First of all, Miami doesn't have any incentive to make a better offer. And number two, Miami's offer's not bad. So I'm going big deal. Big deal or not a big deal. Tonight, very big pro wrestling night. AEW Grand Slam live from New York. Arthur Ashe Stadium is this evening. The main event, MJF, top two, Maxwell Jacob Friedman. He's defending the title against Samoa Joe, the Ring of Honor TV champion. AEW Grand Slam tonight, 8 p.m. on TBS. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? Travis Hunter, he's the the two-way player for Colorado, plays wide receiver, plays cornerback. He's awesome. He got hurt last week, remember? He had what, it it was a very questionable, maybe dirty hit. He's going to miss the next few weeks. That's a big deal. So, obviously, he's missing the big matchup with Oregon this weekend. I think they play USC the week after. But this is a big deal. And also because head coach Deion Sanders, he told everybody, hey, cool it with the death threats for the kid on Colorado State. Stop being stupid. I mean, we already talked about the fans fighting. Fans died at the Patriot-Dolphin game. Stop with the death threats. You're being idiots. That's a big deal. Big deal or not a big deal? How about Colin Cowherd? I mean, I already told you, I've been on Colin Coward a lot lately, not because I don't like him. I mean, the show's unwatchable right now, mostly because Little Buddy uh, is brutal on that show with him, having replaced Joy Taylor. But I don't know. I think Colin's lost his fastball. The show, the show I don't think it's that good anymore. And, you know, every, every week, Colin gives his blazing five, his big picks for the NFL weekend. And through two weeks, he is winless. 0 9 and one. He was 0-9, and then on Monday Night Football, the Panthers gave him the backdoor push to make it 0-9-1. I mean, not a single win, and you're giving out picks every week? That's that's a big deal. That's a terrible job out of Colin Coward. And finally, big deal or not a big deal? How about Damian Lillard? So Damian Lillard, he was on some show with Cameron and Mace. Remember Mace? He was a rapper with Diddy? I don't know. I don't know that show. But Damian Lillard was on that show. He's promoting his rap album, you know. And Lillard was talking about, you know, in changing teams, he would never do what Kevin Durant did going to the Warriors. I think KD is, obviously, he's one of the greatest players of all time. But if I was in his shoes, I wouldn't have done that personally. Like, I just felt like it's the team they lost to. It's the team that had been, I think they had won it a couple of times or they had won it once before he got there. I wouldn't have been able to, that ain't something that I would have did, but I think everybody's situation, you got to do what you want to do. All right, this is not a big deal, and I love hearing that. Heat fan loves hearing that out of Damian Lillard because, yeah, that's right. You're not, you're not just trying to be handed a championship, which is what Kevin Durant wanted. Kevin Durant wanted a handout, and they cruised to a championship in 2017 and 2018. Now, you do have people who are going to say, Dame, what's the difference? You know, Kevin Durant went to a team that just lost in the finals, you're going to go to a team that just lost in the finals. You're being completely disingenuous, if that's what you're saying. Damian Lillard would be joining a team that was the eighth seed and made an incredible run to the finals and joining a core of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo who have never won, and he's going to be the piece that takes them over the top. Kevin Durant joined a group that had already won and the previous year Won 73 games, an NBA all-time record. It's not the same thing. You're being completely disingenuous, and you're likely from Boston if you're making that argument. And that right there is another edition of Big Deal or Not a Big Deal, brought to us, of course, 
by Water Cleanup of Florida, 954-900-8635. Let Water Cleanup of Florida tell you if it's a big deal or not a big deal. Yes, there you go. Excellent job. Today's show, of course, brought to us by Bet Online. Thanks to everybody who hung out. Thanks to everybody who helped put together a great show today. Can't do it without you. We'll talk to you on Zaslow Show 2.0 tomorrow. Know what that means. Ah, the show is over. What better time now than to go out back with a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. That's right. That's what I look forward to after every show. And now my day's work is done. I got a six-pack of Johnny Cuba. We're talking European roots with a Caribbean soul. I'm going to sit outside by the pool here at the Zaslow Mansion and just enjoy the rest of my day. Having a Johnny Cuba makes me feel like I'm right back in the Caribbean. We're talking a refreshing German lager in a can. You can get it anywhere. Sedano's, Presidente, Winn-Dixie, and right now, You got special holiday prices on six packs of Johnny Cuba. Make sure you pick up your Johnny Cuba merch as well. We got the hot sauce coming up. Johnny Cuba, stay tranquilo because more is always brewing.